Thanks for joining us on the King Law Podcast, where we give you a lawyer's perspective on anything legal or not. From criminal law, personal injury, and trending legal topics, we're your back pocket legal guide. Let's, I, I, I know, okay. I got a topic. All right. Let's talk about all the stuff that we do that they never tell you about in law school. Okay. That, well, you I mean, start since I haven't been to law school. Correct, but, but, but what you do, so everything that I'm doing, you're doing. Mm-hmm. We're running a law office, mm-hmm. we're going to court, we're litigating cases, and you learn about kind of, sort of, how to do that in law school. But like, let's just talk about some of the other stuff that we do, that, that really you do, um, like or we do together. End? The business end. So, for example, we have a call coming up for health insurance. Mm-hmm. You want to have employees, they have to be able to go to the doctor. Yeah. Um, we, Hopefully. <laughs> you have a law firm, you want law firm coffee cups, mm-hmm. you have to buy them somewhere. Yes. Oh, you want a logo? You have to get that somewhere, too. Yeah. And you want a website. Yep. You have to get that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you want an office? Where do you want your office to be? How much do you want to pay? How much insurance do you want to have? Do you want to own the building or rent it? Right. How long do you want to rent it for? Mm-hmm. What's a good term? How much should rent go up every year? Um, and where do you see your company in 10 years? Correct. Uh, how much do you want to pay your employees? Mm-hmm. What is your 401k matching program? Oh, what, I forgot about that. How are you going to get a 401k? Yep. How are you going to decorate the office? <laughs> who's who's going to do the decoration? Who's going to pick the art? Who's going to hang the art? Well, I think we know that. <laughs> we know who what happens here. when the carpet that you just paid for um, gets messed up? Yeah, and has come back three times. Correct. Um, yeah, there is. Who a gets lot. the better parking spots? Yep. Yeah. I think there's a lot that people don't know about running a business. That it, and the amount of money it takes to run every day. Yeah, every, every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you expect your office to be what it is now? Yeah, I did, um, and I think we'll we'll continue to grow because that's what uh, to me there's a lot of really great lawyers you go to law school and I mean there's so many smart people out there and um, Mm -hmm. they they get trained to really litigate but what I think all the stuff we were just talking about the challenge is you're trained to think a certain way you're trained to be aggressive and and those skills to be a successful attorney are not always the same skills to bring people together Mm -hmm. they're not the same skills to think about long-term investment. We're dealing with um, you know, our friends, high-level litigators, top-level litigators, uh, aggressive, determined, um, steadfast. Those are the words that come to mind. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain level of ego that goes with being successful. And you know what I've always thought is, there's so many great lawyers who's the person that's going to bring those people together and allow them to do great things for our clients Mm -hmm. and um and our staff and that's that's another like it's a big question um that i've always had i mean you've obviously heard this 
my thought is we can't help people if you're worried about yourself, if you're worried about your health care, mm-hmm. if you're worried about do I have enough money to pay rent? So right. But people say the customer always comes first, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, not here. Here, our people come first, because if we're not taken care of, we can't take care of other people. Right. And, and that doesn't mean we wanted to do a great job for all of our clients, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, not just because I'm part of the staff, but I think the staff that you choose can make or break you. Yeah. I mean, you can be a great lawyer, but as you grow, you need help. And if the help isn't growing with you, you're not going to be successful. So the, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but my mom was a, secret- a legal secretary and then became a secretary at Xerox um, at the high level of human resources. Um, mm-hmm. Very high up. And she was a straight up secretary. That's what I was. That was my mom. And mm-hmm. I learned what law offices and what offices were like, not from the the perspective of the executive, but the, the people who were doing the grunt work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I was raised. And I hope we, um, if you look at the total amount of stuff that comes out of a law office, the non-lawyers are probably producing more than the lawyers. So you better have some good people. Yeah. Um, I think that's and not just good, not just good lawyers. I think that's something that you do well here is that you take the time and you ask us, how do you want to grow? And you help us figure that out because if we're growing, you will as well. Right. And I think that's a unique circumstance because I don't see a lot of companies taking the time to do that. Um, and so I think that makes you kind of unique. Yeah. And that probably goes back to how you're raised and, and different things that you take part in. But you know, we have people here who are super experienced um, paralegals mm-hmm. and, and it's not a, it's like, what are you going to do next? We, I think everybody, and, and that's our kind of my vision for the firm and for mm-hmm. everyone at the firm is you're, you're growing or you're dying and you can't just stay the same. It's not good for people. It's, it's not good for right. us. Nothing really stays the same. If you're yeah. comfortable, you're not growing. Right. And when you're growing, you're not comfortable. And we're, yeah. we're really good at, uh, <laughs> um, and I think people sometimes they get, and that's a tough position for me mm-hmm. as the person who's, who's trying to bring people together and trying to grow and create new things. And um, you do have a certain level of conflict. Um, which doesn't always feel good. It's right. not, you, you, you're not always friendly. I think in some ways, it, I think the term's way overused, but it's more like a fam, we're, than friends. We're not always friends, like mm-hmm. where you have to push on other people sometimes. Right. And that is, um, that's hard. It can yeah. be hard. That's hard. On the receiving end as well. Like when you're being pushed to grow and you're not necessarily sure or confident and that you can grow in the way that you know you're thinking it's a lot it can be a lot but i've grown so much in the last 10 years here and it's helped me understand my growth and confidence it's i've realized in the last 10 years that i can do a lot more than i ever thought i could yeah so and and i, I don't 
feel free to interrupt me, but we start out answering the phones here. Yes. Um, 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, I mean, we started out with a few people and which was never my long-term plan either was to like be in a law office because i was going to school for public relations so i was just doing this part-time correct for a few weeks uh, 10 years ago yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i'm glad i did stay because i was able to grow in more ways than any college degree could give me yeah, I mean, you the ran experience. a political campaign. You, right. When when Christy decided to run for judge, she was a lawyer that worked with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you you were really yeah. We did that. We started a podcast. We, uh, you know, our we, website had ten thousand had ten thousand people last month. We had ten thousand people who who wanted to read something about our law firm in one month. That mm-hmm. that was um, one of the website people told me that the other day it was our first month ever. So yeah. we've been doing this for ten years. We had a, we've had a website for ten and a half years. And last month, 10,000 people came for whatever, over 10 I don't know how long they got to be on there for them to count, but that's a hell of a lot of people that yeah. they give a shit about you. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because people ask me, they're like, what do you do? do I'm like, well, like, what is your title? I was like, well, it depends on the day. <laughs> so, it, I mean, I do a lot of different things. I would say it's probably office manager. So going from secretary to office manager, but it's not just that. It's a really unique well, position. It's a, there's in... And I think people don't, in a small business, whatever the small business is, whether it's a plumbing, HVAC, uh, whatever small business, a small business, you have to wear multiple hats. I mean, when the firm started, I was the firm. There was one person, me. Yeah. And I was the IT department. I was the marketing department. I was the lawyer. I was the phone answerer. That's what, that, that's what it was. And as you, to go from one employee, from one person to two people is hard. To go from two to three is harder um, and or a little bit easier. And every person's a little bit easier and it allows you to specialize. But you're so we're, uh, you're doing HR type of stuff, onboarding right. new employees. And that's also um, because you, you were whatever it was, employee yeah. number two. Right, right. I um, think. Your uniqueness is the fact that you're not afraid to take risks and the risks have paid off and the sense of your business has grown, but they don't teach you how to do that in law school. So how did you figure this out? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to complex problems have simple answers and they're not always easy, but it's, there's a, it's arithmetic, right? It's, if you're running a business, you have to make a profit. If you, if you don't make a profit, you're going towards being out of business. And then what, like what we always talk about is if you, by making a profit, by, by bringing in more than you spend, that gives you the opportunity to do new things. Like we're in a beautiful new office. So it gives us a space to grow. It gives us a, a more um, comfortable place to meet with clients. It gives us an easier, we have underground parking now. So in snowstorm, or, yeah. you know, there, there's, Very <laughs> um, it gives us the opportunity to, uh, travel to conferences, whatever we want to invest in. We're going, uh, I think in a week or two, um, to the municipality conference, we're going to, um, put on a 
a booth there so mm -hmm. we can take a day out of the office. I mean, we're not um, to, to meet folks from other municipalities, things like that. So, but you have to be able to um, financially support your ideas. Mm -hmm. um, you pivot really well. You're like, this is a great opportunity, let's go. And for me, I'm not always comfortable with that because I change, fast change scary to me so you're always you're the one who's always like okay we're gonna do this and this is how we're gonna do it and i'm like okay here we go <laughs> which i think is a, a great attribute to have it's it, there's you know the, i think all different things like i'm a fast starter if you if i did like a personality I, i'm able to look at something assess it and jump in once i've made my decision i can make my decision and that's I don't know if I was born that way or, or mm -hmm. whatever it is, but there is some inherent risk in what we do. But I think what I would tell most people um, is you're probably right and you, you probably don't take enough risk. Most people are so worried about failure. Do people fail? Sure. If we failed, yeah, we've tried a lot of things that haven't worked. We're not mm -hmm. betting the farm on them, but mm -hmm. you don't... Um, If you, you, you if you don't if you don't take some risk you're you're going to stay where you are right i think do you think it's safe to say that you should just start or do you think there's a perfect time to wait like if you want to start something what is it that they say just start you're never going to be ready well the i mean i can tell my own story um, i was working at a law firm john derizio good friend of mine a wonderful boss and still a really close friend of mine we do work together he has represented me um, on some of my own personal things uh, but i was working for john and i had ideas i had ideas that i want and john was had a really great practice uh practice here in rochester and i wanted i wanted to do what i wanted to do and i told them that and uh i mean a lot of there's been so many people that have helped you along the way and John's really one of them for me. And he says, all right, do it. Let, let, you know, I'll help you. And he could have been upset because I had my own ideas that were a little different than his ideas. Um, and instead he rented me an office and I started the firm and it was me, but he, um, let me use the conference rooms. He let me use the printers and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I paid him some rent. He didn't make shit off of me. Yeah. And, um, you know, now it's, that was 10 years ago. That was the less. start. That was the start. The hardest part is getting started. And, the, you know, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. You think back and it's like, I think I was 29 or 30 and I started a law firm and you are like, I'm going to die. Is the sun going to come up tomorrow morning? That's what you like. But we knew how to do the work and I right. was working for John and I was really functioning. John's a, uh, transactional attorney does uh, real estate, commercial real estate, estate work. Mm -hmm. um, his dad's a lawyer in town, he's been around forever, and it wasn't the type of work that I was really into. Mm -hmm. um, and But that so, wasn't that long ago. Yeah, no, it wasn't that long ago. So we started, and, and we're doing a lot of criminal work at the time. That's what I knew from my time as a prosecutor. And, and lo and behold, the first 
whatever, half a year goes by and you're like, holy, look, we, we, we got cases and we made money. And, yeah. and, now, and then it's, do I buy a new couch <laughs> or do we do something with the money? Do yeah. we, like, what do we do? And, yeah. um, like I was able, right. And I was yeah. able to, I, I was able to hire Marcus. Okay. And he, he was a family member and he came in. So now you have two people mm -hmm. and now you got somebody to answer the phones while you go to court and all of a sudden you like get more clients. Right. And you're able to spend more time doing more work, getting more clients. And then, and, and then I went to lunch with Joan and Kitty mm -hmm. and we got an office yeah. and we <laughs> got you. You acquired me. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> And, and then I had my own receptionist and paralegal and, and then you hire yeah. your first lawyer. Is there a moment that you're like, okay, I made it. Like, I'm good. Well, no, no, there's not. I don't think, <laughs> um, I don't think that there, there never was for me, I okay. guess. The, um, there's been d definitely different points that you appreciate in mm -hmm. your career. Um, there's when Greg came, so Greg was the first lawyer I ever hired, um, brilliant guy. I, I knew he was a smart guy mm -hmm. and I remember calling him up and asking if he was interested and I'm like, I got a 1% chance of getting this guy, but I, I know I want him. So mm -hmm. I'm going to ask if there's a one in a hundred chance it's a phone call, you're not too invested. And I'm like, oh, man, that's pretty wild. This guy's like willing to bet him his his life and his yeah. family's life on what we've created mm -hmm. and i guess i knew that we needed another lawyer um because of how many phone calls we were getting and how like the, there was work to be done but if you wait until you really need them you never get over the hump because you're always so busy working mm -hmm. um and would it was just a fundamental change once we got greg now we had two people we could help each other we could support more staff we could support more advertising and at that point yeah things, things start progressing from there mm -hmm. we get more lawyers we get more people and you can when you're when there's only a few people it it's harder to have things like good technology and website because it's such a big percentage of your income for one person, but when you're spreading it out amongst four or five or six or 12 or whatever, however, 15 people, then the investments in IT and things like that, they're not as big of a deal. Yeah. So let me ask you, what's the plan for 2024? Well, 2024 is gonna be a great year, um, but we, we just got put on the plaintiff steering committee for COVID and hernia mesh uh, multi-district litigation. We have spent the last year and a half, um, we kind of stumbled into the world of national lawsuits and it has been a ton of fun. It's also um, all of our experiences prior to that. I, I think we're gonna grow in that area. I think we have a really unique value proposition to people who have a national lawsuit. Um, we're a little bit smaller. There's thousands of people in these cases and we're, we're representing, depending on the case, somewhere 
30, 40, 100, 200 people, and it's not. Um, so we're probably the more custom firm in, in a mass tort world. But I think that sticks with our brand of who we are because we've always tried to help people in criminal defense, personal injury, and now mass tort. And I think mass tort is just another area that we can help more people at once to help their lives. Yeah. And I think, so, yeah, it's a different element of you know, law and what we're used to, but I think it's still within who we are. Yeah, and that's, and I think the true, my, my view is the true professional attorneys and the true professional offices, they can move within, it's not about knowing the most about search and seizure and criminal defense. It's about knowing your evidence, understanding people and, and advocating really hard for your clients. Mm -hmm. um, and. But I've personally, I've been really into that world and um, the cases, you know they're gonna go to trial, you know the defense is gonna be very aggressive and you work with a team of other really bright lawyers and that's been, um, that's been a lot of fun. And then our personal injury practice is growing, our criminal defense practice is growing, um, everything has. Um, our podcast is growing. Yeah, everything, <laughs> everything is, Working together, and I think we got a nice, uh, yeah. a nice group of people. The move to the new offices, I think, helped everybody. Yeah. Um, well. But I, I think you know, going back to what you were saying about like pushing everybody, I I always push Bree. Bree's Bree, she was pretty young when she started here, and she wasn't used to. She I think she thought I was crazy when I told her, she, you know, she was going to be doing what she was going to be doing. But I know you get good at getting uncomfortable and you get more skilled at doing new things. Mm -hmm. And we're doing new things all the time now and we're able to do it a lot better and more efficiently than we were five years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like, I think it's, it's like learning how to learn kind of. Right, yes. And I mean, that's something that I really appreciate is maybe not in the moment. <laughs> Overall, I'm glad that I've learned what I've learned here. So, seems like 2024 will be a good year to stick around and see what happens. Yeah, we're working. We're working hard on Camp Lejeune. So I'm working hard on Camp Lejeune, and uh, the Herney Mesh cases. I was mm -hmm. up last night to like midnight reading documents of meetings about materials that meshes were made out of in 2008. Yeah. Um, it's all these mass torts are so interesting to me, not to like go off on a tangent, but it's more or less like how many mass torts are there? A ton, right? How many companies are being sued because they have essentially no compassion. They understand that they're causing people harm and taking people people away from their families, well, you know? Like I it's mean, just, just in the last in the last week or two, um, the people that own Roundup, they, they're they like, we didn't do anything wrong. Okay, well, whatever it was, two or three years ago, Amy Wag Wagstaff, very bright lawyer from Colorado, mm -hmm. she did the first trial against them, got 80 million. 
oh, we, that was a fluke. We didn't do anything wrong. And they, they're, you know, we're, we're going to trial. Well, in the last, in the last three weeks, a jury in St. Louis, Missouri, found over a million dollars against them for a, a guy who had cancer. A jury in Philadelphia awarded a different guy, 171 million, I think. And then I think just yesterday or the day before, uh, another jury out west, maybe California, San Diego, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for again round up the same product, awarded the guy 380 million. Mm -hmm. Because no jury wants to give away 380 million. No. That's because they're pissed at what this company did. Right, like these companies are ha handing out products that are knowingly hurting someone and not even telling them about it, mm -hmm. like the hair relaxer. Don't you think that maybe if you're going to sell? A product that's going to hurt someone, you should tell them the risks. And if they decide they want to do it, then so be it. But they should know that something that they're putting on or in their body is going to hurt them in the future. Like these companies, these individuals who are dying of cancer, you're taking away these family members from their family that never had, they should have never died or gotten sick. It's sickening. Because yeah. I my own personal stuff going on it just angers me more well the toxic exposure in cancer i mean we're learning so much um in the last in the last 20 years about how people get cancer and why they get cancer and a, yeah. a significant amount of the illnesses that we're seeing whether it's not just cancer also parkinson's um whatever disease yeah correct um is because of environmental impacts and mm -hmm. and toxins that are man-made toxins we're involved in PFAS, water contamination, Camp Lejeune, whether it's TCE or um, you know, hair relaxer, the, this, the stuff that is in our environment. PFAS. It, right. It's serious. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's our environment, whether it's beauty products or firefighter foam that goes into the ground. Right. It's, um, it just makes me wonder like, how many of these lawsuits have to occur before something like within the government is in place that says like, you know what, these chemicals are not allowed to be used anymore. Well, it's, it's interesting. Everybody's got their opinion about plaintiff's lawyers, ambulance chasers, whatever, mm -hmm. you, whatever it might be. Um, and the amount of good that comes from uh, plaintiff lawyers bringing cases. Um, and look, it's not all altruistic. There's some asshole plaintiff lawyers, mm -hmm. super aggressive who are, let me be clear, they aren't all out to help people. They're in it for the money. Okay. Uh, some of them are. Mm -hmm. We all want to make a living, and I don't think there's a problem with that. Right. But in order, they're bringing the way you win is by showing unfairnesses and injustices in the world. Right. And they want to win. There are people who are fighting really hard for victims. I hope that we are those people. There are also big law firms that are spending tons of money. They're a business too, and they want to make money. But you look at tobacco. People said tobacco was okay. People said uh, the opioids that were getting overprescribed were okay. Mm -hmm. People said PFAS in the water was okay. Right. Um, and it's one th thing these to cases say that. Were, these cases were changed. The, these things were changed by plaintiff lawyers. They would not have changed if people didn't file lawsuits and start hitting the big companies where it hurt them, which right. is in their bank account. Right, exactly. That's the whole so we're not sad all that part bad. is people, these companies who are doing this, 
don't listen to the research. They listen to the bank account depleting. Right. So, like, how many times do you have to learn before you, you do the right thing? Yeah. There's a there's a trial in hernia mesh going on right now. It's a barred case. We're not we're not personally involved in it, but it's a lot of our friends that are involved um, in it. And I think they're just that there's twenty thousand cases filed. The product is still on the market today, and no one quite understands why. It's because they're making a lot of money selling this hernia mesh, and they got to develop another product to sell before they can like take this one off the market. So yeah. I think it's my personal opinion. They'd probably get mad for me saying this is they got to delay it long enough so they can develop something else to sell or else their business goes out of business. So it's like a. Why don't they uh, develop something that's actually going to be useful to people and not yeah. hurt them? <laughs> Anything else now that I'm all like. <laughs> uh, let's cut it here. Okay. That concludes this episode of the King Law Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and check out our socials at King Law Attorneys. And if you've happened to have been injured or charged with a crime, now you know who to call. King Law. Take charge.